another weekend and another episode of Living Entrepreneurship by Sorty. I feel some energies today because I've tried to rest. It's been a marathon of work after work, project after project. I, I, I'm, I'm, today I'm the one who's tired. Though for life is Jesse came in with a neck brace. He was so dramatic. And then I wish I had taken a photo of him. So as I was driving to the studio, he I see him joining the junction. <laughs> but did you see me? <laughs> yeah, I did. So I see him. And you stayed in that position even though you saw, you knew I was going to see you. I wish the lifers could have seen how you looked. <laughs> it was so funny. So he, has a, he had on a neck brace. So let me try to see if I can paint this mental picture. He starts off with a neck brace. He's driving with a neck brace. And then you know like two hands on the steering wheel and he's leaning forward. <laughs> it was so funny. I'm like, is this what old age looks like? No. <laughs> what Jesse, what was up? It's the kind of car I drive. Uh-huh. I'm trying to be economic, so you know my kind of car. It's like I'm sitting, I don't know, you know what. Uh-huh. Like so it actually I, looks I like a loaf to, of bread. I have to hold the steering like uh. To be able to see. <laughs> For real? The chair's not even adjustable in that extent, to that extent. Maybe it is, but oh, I'm wow. lazy to do such kind of work. No, it's, it was so funny. But, but, but man, I'm the one who's tired today. But actually, it's, I don't even think it's fatigue. It's a mixture of things. I've not eaten the whole day. Mm. I've just not had the time. Then um, I, had a, I woke up with a toothache. Sorry. So I had to take, had to take medication to, to stem the pain temporarily because I'm like, this is a Friday. I'll rest tomorrow. So life is, if I sound low in energy, um, feed me. <laughs> <laughs> now, this conversation is just a follow-up of last week's conversation where we were talking about leadership, mm. uh, of course, in the eyes of an entrepreneur. I do understand mm-hmm. that there are different styles of leadership, actually mm. almost about 17 principles of leadership for an entrepreneur. Okay. There are quite several. I mean, you can tell us all of them. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Not tonight. We don't have all the time. Mm-hmm. But, you, but said uh, you've, you said you've rested. One of them. Uh-huh. One of them is uh, the principle of delegation. Mm. I do struggle with delegating tasks. Mm-hmm. I always feel like someone else is going to mess up or mm. get it wrong, mm. especially when it's in my areas of passion. Mm. Now, when it comes to delegating tasks, many entrepreneurs also do struggle to let go. And uh, maybe our conversation should start here. How can mm. we overcome this fear and learn to trust that the team shall actually deliver on the very things we're so passionate about and have started? So I can ask a question. Um, why do you think it's so hard for you as Jesse to delegate? I'm passionate. I feel like I know all the dots and... <clears throat> the other person I'm delegating to might not know how to fix it the way I want it to be fixed. So you are fearful of the fact that the job will not be done well? I think so, yes. So this is um, the best way to overcome it, right? Number one, start small. Right? Mm-hmm. Start, uh, start with tasks that are easily delegatable. Things that the tasks that the risks associated with failure are not that high. That you can afford leniency on the job. Those are the tasks you can delegate. It's as simple as that. Because unfortunately, 
we think all tasks are created equal. Have you ever you've read you've read you've read Animal Farm, right? Mm, long ago. Do I remember the story? Like, Jesse, you read it when you were in your twenties. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I followed you. It came out like a fresh release. I remember you even know where you were. No, I'm joking. No. <laughs> Book of the year. No, let me let me stop. Okay. No, animal in Animal Farm, they're like um there's a line and it's it's there's a line and it's so common and it goes all animals are created equal but some more equal than others. Mm-hmm. And what that simply means is that in reality, equality is perception. And this one, I'm saying this to all activists in the world, you can actually, the quality, I mean, sorry, the equality you desire is a state of mind. And mm-hmm. I know somebody will be like, no, but I'm talking about physical rights. I'm just, just reframe how you perceive equality. But anyway, that's besides the point. I'm talking about now the equality of tasks i don't think all tasks are created equal and the reality is that also those tasks that you are stronger at and so when you look at it and you're like let me pick the small tasks that are not risky that someone else could probably even do better than me with time um let me give that to somebody else the same way like oh let me talk of just your life delegation right you don't go cook your own food and wash your own clothes you delegate that to somebody because the risk of you your clothes not being washed because you have so many clothes, you still have something to wear that day, unless it leads to like two days. Then you have to step in and say, "Hey, please sort this out." So it's the same logic, right? So the first and foremost, start small with easily delegatable tasks, um, things that you're willing to risk. That is normally how it works. That's the starting point, and then just understand that. Let me focus on the the ones that I'm good at. And let me give the others that I'm not good at to somebody else. Because the reason why I'm saying that is because normally if you're not good at something, you, you're normally humble enough not to micromanage. Uh-huh. Because you can afford that person grace. That's the reality. Well, sometimes it's not even micromanaging, but uh, to to just let it pass. Mm-hmm. To The grace I give is to just let it pass. Like, okay. Maybe an option, let's try it out. Mm. But after some time, I could phase it out. It happens to me in my world of broadcasting mm. where I have set the principles of how a particular media house is going to function, the mm. direction it's going to take, its music age, its music rotation, mm. the nature, the tempo, mm. and uh, you know the profiling. And then when I delegate to someone, they start to create you know, their own idea of how they assume it should sound. Now, that is another topic. <laughs> Jesse, do you hire someone to to tick boxes or do you hire somebody to contribute to the work? It should be contributing to the work. Let me give you a simple example. And I'm going to give a shout out um, to somebody. And I hope she hears this. Um, today I had a phone call with uh, Sarah Murunji Um, and I was telling her about something that you and I are working on and I loved the conversation you know why? because I'm telling this individual about I'm telling her about what we're trying to do and I want her to be a part of it and not in the sense like hey, I want you to contribute to this and be a partner. No, I, I, I pitched it to her like, I want you to 
be, be a customer of our services, quote unquote, right? Uh-huh. And she's giving suggestions in the moment. And I really, really, really liked that. It was, I, for me, I'm not saying it's comfortable with everyone because some people are just going to come and tell you nonsense. You pray to God you find someone with some substance. But I appreciated her contribution. Now, why do I bring that up? Because sometimes we, let me give you a simple example. For a task-oriented job, so someone who is doing something that is very task-oriented, like they don't need to use their mind too much. So if someone is on a, an assembly line and they're, picking, they're putting um, pens into a box, that one you just give instructions and orders and you say, this is how it should be done. Uh-huh. That can work. But there are certain jobs that are nuanced. Now, if you get a CFO, a chief financial officer, right? This, this person's job goes beyond operations. There's a bit of management, but 80% of his responsibilities are strategic. Mm-hmm. So you're paying him for his, his intellectual contribution to the organization, not his body and his hands. And in that case, you can't define, you can't create a checklist for him. If you find an, a, a CFO that you have to create a checklist for, you need to fire that person. Because that person has to be a self-starter. He needs to know how to manage his job. He needs to do it well. And that's why CFOs are paid so much money because that contribution is not something that can be, it's easily replaceable. If I bring in Jesse as a CEO, I'm I'm bringing him on board because of his ideas, not just the fact that I need him to run this organization. Because running this organization needs him to come up with ideas. Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing with you. The question I'm trying to ask is, these people that in broadcasting, are you looking for people to just talk on the radio or are you looking for people who can add their own flair to the to the craft? That's a question I'm genuinely asking. It's not rhetorical. Uh, it's uh, it's it's here and there because in this particular case, I'm not referring. For instance, if I had somebody to go on air, I'd expect them to bring their flair, their personality, which I cannot control. Mm. In other words, I I bring them on board because their personality ha- has the versatility mm. to interest the audience, which the audience comes in multiple faces. Mm. Then there are people who you give direction. Mm. I want you to be a custodian of the brand which Mm -hmm. has been created. Mm -hmm. And those, in a way, they're like the ones picking the pens into the box Mm. to make sure they maintain the consistency as you have streamlined it. So so now the question is, do you remember on Tuesday I talked about Gen Z? But seriously, y'all, y'all put up an incomplete video. You, 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 you talked. I, I talked about Gen Z starting in a positive light. I started the conversation talking about how they are designed to be entrepreneurs, and that's what was put online. But that was just the beginning. The people don't who like that and were really happy about it don't know the rest of the conversation and how I really just went in and really held them accountable. And the reason why I bring that up is simple. We talked about how Gen Z are anti-establishment. Mm-hmm. They're our our hippie. They're the modern hippie, the 21st century hippie. Um, and so they don't like authority. They don't like frameworks and structures. They want freedom. Mm-hmm. And with that freedom, it works well in the creative space, but to what extent, right? And the question I'm asking you now is, as an employer, <clears throat> aren't you 
living in a vacuum if you think that it's practical to get pen and box folk or pen and box workers in a, in an industry like yours don't you think it's a bit impractical with knowing with the times we live in i think that's why we have in this conversation is it impractical i i i think to a certain degree i think it's okay to have a framework but to what extent is that framework open to redesign okay let me just throw it back to you okay Ephraim wakes up and says, I have a poultry farm Mm -hmm. and I am bringing in strategic people to help me to run this business. Mm -hmm. The people you bring on board Mm -hmm. wake up and tell you, we did not go to buy more hens. Mm -hmm. Instead, we brought rabbits. (laughs) Because we find that there is market for rabbits how do you deal with that it's the situation i'm trying to bring here okay so now this is the this is now where organizational design is is important right you need to create an environment where it's possible for someone to bring in rabbits but with your consent or with minimum risk to take that risk so what do i mean so you you're in the chicken business but your team is allowed to explore new products but they have a limit on the percentage of the budget. Mm-hmm. So they need to stay true, true to the core business, but they're allowed, let's say, 5% of the operational budget to explore new opportunities. And obviously, you set the systems and the processes in place and the structure under which they operate. Now, what I'm trying to say is that you need to create flexibility within a structure. You need to know what you can control and what you can't control. I'll give you a simple example, right? You can't control what people what websites people go to in an office without being an authoritarian. Mm-hmm. And to a certain degree, you stifle some level of curiosity because in today's world, people can get so much inspiration from, from social media. So to say, no, 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 we're going to block social media apps. People need to be serious in work. Like you don't, that's impractical. But you can control timelines on deliverables. So you can tell someone, I, you need to submit your reports every end of week. By Friday, by t- midday, it has to be submitted. Failure to submit is actually grounds for termination. And so someone has to then make that decision by themselves whether they're going to spend that time on social media or whether they're going to spend that time doing the report. And so you're not going to... And we talked about being a method leader. You're not focused too much on the method. The structure is there to add these guardrails so that the vision stays clear, but you're focused more on ensuring that the result is uniform. Uh-huh. So people can use Nyabogogo to get to town. Someone can use Jisozi. Another one can use Rusoro. I'm just saying this as examples, but people use different roads to get to different to the same destination because you have ensured that all roads lead to the same destination. So you don't necessarily focus too much on how they drove getting there or how they got there, whether they used a motor, they used a bus, whether they, they took a plane or a helicopter or they walked. You just are like, as long as they get there by the time we need them, need them to get there with what we need them to get there with, you're good. And so that's what I'm trying to tell you. Like I think the, 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 the practicality of it is simply saying, how can we... Because I'm telling you, man, Gen Z are not going to allow you to put them in a box. It's the reality. You, you, if you cannot see it as an employer, you are blind for days. 
the way guys are like so pro-Palestine and like just look at the how politically charged in their views, you can just see that it's so anti-establishment. The people just don't want the conformity that comes with structure. And so if you go and you tell them, I'm putting you in a structure, they're going to rebel, not because your system is wrong, but because they're seeing it as a structure. And so if you can create create a facade of no structure, but there is a structure, you can get away with it. In one minute, uh, should entrepreneurs forget about structures, like completely forget about structures? So be unstructured. Start out whichever way you want to start out on the street. Call on people, whoever you want to join you. Let them join you. Let them be whatever they want to be. Do whatever they want to do for as long as you sit and wait for the results. That, I don't, why, do, why does that question? Why does that question sound like you're upset with me? Because you wanted me to say something. <laughs> Yo, I, you you really wanted me to defend your stance. But no, look, look, no, but okay, 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 okay. Let me answer you. Um, Jesse, is the world black and white? Of course, it ain't black and white. Yeah. Hmm. So if the if the if the if the world is not black and white and it's gray. It simply means that the world is also not uh, and or, right? Mm. It's not uh, either or. Let me put it like that. It's not yes or no. It can be yes and no. What do I mean by that? Like you can have a world that is perceived to have no structures, but they exist. Like let's be honest. Like even if you created a world that was ideal for the Gen Z, there's still a banking system that they operate under. There's still a constitution that they're governed by. Even in their freedoms, there's still a structure. So basically what but you're it's saying, not the obvious. structure must be there, but disguise it for the kind of people that we're working with today who prefer yeah. not to work in a structured yeah. way. Yeah, and it's not to be deceptive. It's just that gift to Caesar belongs to Caesar, but make sure that your interests are covered. That's what I would say. Living Entrepreneurship by Salty. It's a conversation by entrepreneurs. Yes, failing entrepreneurs. (laughs) 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 On the journey to fix things. True. We can't call ourselves perfect. I'm with Ephraim Ramwenke. My name is Jesse the African Sun, your host. Let's return after this message. Welcome back to Living Entrepreneurship by Salty. I do hope that uh, you make some notes on uh, these conversations because, yes, yeah, sometimes they come off really hard, but uh, yeah. Uh, do they? It's we, the way if, of life. If, if, if a lifer thinks that our conversations are hard, like we are tough on them, man, then that person's not an entrepreneur. Do you know the way entrepreneurship is hard? If. We, People just talking over like through through a device is making you panic. You do get out of entrepreneurship, go look for a job and nag. You're actually making it very hard for entrepreneurs by asking them to not be structured but also be structured. (laughs) Because it makes no sense. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, Jesse, let me let me be for real. If someone if that's what someone understood from what I said, yeah. Yo, look for me. I help you explain. Maybe the English is not Englishing, but I have structures, please. But don't have structures for the sake of structures. That's number one. Your structures have to be purposeful. 
Um, what does that simply mean? It means your structures have to have meaning, a justification. Don't mm-hmm. just do things for the sake of doing things, right? Um, the same way, like, you know, in Africa, they've talked about how to travel between African countries now visas. Why? Okay, am I go- what, what am I going to take as an African man to my fellow African country that's, that's bad? Why do, do but I'm just trying to tell you like it it exists because this is a pre-colonial structure that existed before because it was used to control movement of people. Mm-hmm. But in today's society with passports, it's easy to track data. And so why do we have visas between African states? But we have it for the sake of having it. So it's the same thing I'm trying to say, like if you're gonna have a structure, don't just have it for the sake of having it. It has to be purposeful. And what ends up happening is if it's purposeful. And you see that it's not serving the purpose it needs to serve, you remove it. So it doesn't fight with the fluidity of your organization. So it ends up becoming a part of the being. So it's not obvious that it's a structure. That's the way you can have structures that are not structures. Let me throw in to you Mm -hmm. uh, a scenario and an actual example of an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. who has broken all structures Mm -hmm. in his setting. He starts a business. He has department heads. Mm -hmm. They report to him, Mm -hmm. but even the staff under those departments report to him directly. What is this entrepreneur trying to achieve? That's not structure. That's not structure. Okay. It might be a structure, but it's a toxic structure. structure. What, which, which outlook for, like, so the structure is he has senior, he has, Senior management. Yes, he has, he's a managing director. Uh, he has senior managers who sit in a manager's meeting. Uh, and then there are those other staff members like support staff. But all of them report directly to him, inclusive the managers. What kind of but that's not a structure. structuring is that? That is incompetence. That's incompetence. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, okay, we're 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 now insulting people, but let's. It's okay. I wouldn't call it incompetence, black and white, but it's it's confusion. Let me use some vernacular. Cover you, Akaja guide. Like these, you know. Have you ever seen? Ha! Huh, you see how Nyabogogo looks during rush hour. That's what that's that comes to me. That's not the definition of structure. Structure is like. Kigali Heights in the morning. Yeah, Google is structured. People keep right. Okay, that chaos is structured. They structured chaos. But to a certain degree, there are pockets where you can see it's just ready to, like there's just some cover here. Like it's just too much. Like there's no organization where people cross the road, where what? There's a cut time when you never go is a bit wild, man. It's like the wild, wild west. But what I'm trying to tell you is that this, this, this individual thinks he has a structure because he has job titles and he has a quote-unquote hierarchy, an organizational structure. It's just a name. Because the reporting needs to be purposeful. Why are they all reporting to him? What's the objective? To control. No, but he has managers. What's the job of the manager? I don't know. But the unique thing about this organization setting is that actually they hit their targets year on year now over seven years but of now the establishment. But now that's what I'm saying. It's seven years. But then what happens if the managing director dies or leaves the organization? Because the organization he's the managing is director. Collapse. He's the owner. He's the entrepreneur. And he, he's, a, he's, he's immortal. He, he can die. Life is, life, is, life is one. You don't have it times two. 
There's no succession plan. No, I'm, what I'm trying to tell you is that structures and systems and processes, which are at the bedrock of structure, like they are now the actionable things of structure, mm-hmm. they're the makeup of structure, the components of structure. That's the word I was looking for. Um, you need. They are not put in place because they're easy. Actually, putting in systems and processes in place is very hard. But it's because you know that when you now scale, or even just the longevity of something, it, it preserves it faster or better. Let me give a simple example. Um, if I created a formula, let me use mathematics, and I'll try to keep it simple. If I used two as a, a number, right? And I did two times two. It makes sense. Gives me four. And if I do two times two times two, that now becomes. What does that become? That's now two times two is 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 four plus times two is eight. Then now add another two. That's now two times two times two times two is sixteen. Right. Uh If I simply created a formula, now I use powers. So two to the power one, two to the power two, two to the power three. It's less tedious than two times two times two times two times two times two, ten times. I can simply just say two to the power ten. I can even do two to the power hundred, versus two times two times two, a hundred times. So the whole point of having that system of a power is that, yeah, when you're doing two times two, it seems like it's a waste of time to have two to the power two, which is four. You'd rather do two times two, right? But when you're now operating at a scale where you have a hundred employees. And you're operating across multiple borders or multiple locations, and you have different layers or different. You have a hundred clients. Your system, you're gonna thank the Lord for your systems. That is the the number one reason for structure. Uh-huh. And so now, what I'm trying to tell you is that yeah, he's hit his seven year targets, but he's you. I can bet you money, if that individual tried to grow bigger than he is today, that business might not succeed. Like if he tries to do it in another another country, or or if he actually passes on or he leaves his position, it might collapse. It probably definitely will. And so th- that structure of reporting makes no sense because it's not purposeful. Why do you have a manager if you're gonna if everybody's reporting to you? Then just call him an associate. Make it a flat organization and have one level of of hierarchy. Why do you have a manager? What is he managing? Okay, just see if someone says your operations manager what are you managing the operations and then isn't there an operations team who are going to actually carry out the operations so you're going to manage that work because the operations manager will also delegate the operation the actual operations to the team because he can't do everything so now it makes no sense if the operations team who's doing the work who are under the operations manager are reporting to the overall managing director. It's like, why are you? What's the point of paying someone so much money to be an operations manager? But you see, I think there are different ways that companies or organizations uh, would use uh, as tactics of survival but in, in in the industry. For instance, I, I don't think it's new to you to hear that departments have been merged mm-hmm. uh, because. They're trying to reduce on the number of people within the company. Mm-hmm. So they bring all these 
<coughs> levels of management together merge them and just create one department. I think even governments have merged certain departments and mm-hmm. created just one, one ministry. Yeah. Uh, and in that way, these managers all are reporting to one person because they want to kill the structures. Yes, they seem like they are there, but to not waste resources, the structure is dismantled and everyone just reports to one person. Again, I repeat, just because people do it doesn't mean that it's correct or it's right. Maybe it's the future. Wait, wait lack of structure in reporting structure is the future. What future? Okay, because I'm talking about purposeful structures, Jesse. I need to understand what's the purpose of reporting to one person. What's the purpose? I'm, I'm waiting. We're waiting. Life is simple. Yeah, we're waiting. <laughs> what's the purpose of reporting to one person? I'm trying to understand, like, because I'm not understanding. Like, is you that have... a failure mm. to delegate? It is. Or to trust the team. Okay. First of all, you need to understand that two cause. There might be two causes. One, they are. It can be a down issue. So down the stream of reporting or down the stream of operations, mm. the people who are going up want to benefit from the lack of structure. And the reason why is because they have an interest. So you might find the lack of structure allows them to steal money, steal company resources, not do that job. So meaning they're, they're lazy off because there's no reporting structure. There's no time management structure. So they benefit from lack of structure. So they purposefully, actively work against systems and processes, mm-hmm. Gen Z style. Because also the reason why Gen Z are also to a certain degree in the workplace, anti-establishment is because they want to get rich quick. They want to. They want it. They want an easy ride. So they feel like millennial bosses and boomer bosses. So these are the older generations are tough on them. That they don't understand. They don't get it. And so they would benefit from a lack of structure because it will allow them to do what they want to do on that terms. Uh-huh which is not how the world works. You don't get a chance to do what you want to do the way you want to do. No one in this world gets a free ride at life. You, you have to compromise some way. Now, what does, that, what does that simply mean? That's the lower level. Now, when we go up, when we're talking about lack of willingness to delegate, there are some bosses who genuinely believe that they know it all and they know it better than that team. And sometimes they might even be right. But the reality is at some point you're going to delegate because you're one human being. Let me give you a simple mathematical calculation, Jesse. You worked, You told me in Belize during the week that you work 16 hours every day on average. Mm-hmm. Now, you're Jesse. Now, the employees that you supervise or the team that you supervise, who is the hardest working person and how many hours do you think they work a day? You want me to give you names on this no, no, podcast? No, 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 no. We don't want people to cancel us, bro. Like, we're, we're just starting. Uh-huh. How, what? Jesse, why, why do you like violence? By the way, life is Jesse really loves violence. He he picks, he likes to be controversial. Anyway, uh-huh. who is that? Okay, don't mention names, but how many hours do you think they work? Well, maybe I have someone who works even more hours than I do. Okay, so just give me a rough number. For, I want to show you an example here. But I would say really active work involved on mm. the tasks available at mm. the radio, for instance, mm. maybe about 10 hours. Okay, 10. And then the worst person. Well, your worst performer, you're like, man, this person is... My worst performer? 
I, I think I see them walk in and walk out. Uh-huh. And uh, I blame it on myself for not taking action. How many hours? Probably one and a half. Okay. So take your, your worst person and your best person. We've added them. That is now, let's say, 12 hours or 11 and a half hours. Uh-huh. You as Jesse do 16. Now, if you had, if you added just one more um, person, an average person, who probably does what? Six? Your average does what? Six? Five? Well, in uh, in a broadcast setting, mm. it's hard to find people doing six, but they should be doing about six. Let's okay. say for an on-air personality, so, four hours live on air mm-hmm. and two hours engaged in sourcing information and research. So you have 10 plus six plus two. Let me use two. Um, how much is that? 18. Exactly. And how many hours do you work? 16. Mm-hmm. So already you have three people, even the best, the worst, and the average. Literally, a team of the 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 typical team in any organization. You have the low performers, you have the best performers, and you have the, mm, the average guys who just do the bare minimum to get a salo and their kawa. They still do more hours than you as the boss, the guy who can do it. So the question then comes in, what is the purpose of, of you doing everything, of you being the beginning and the end? What happens if you want to you wanna sleep in or you're not okay? They can't take decisions. They can't sign off on payments. They can't, because I know, and one of the biggest things that plagues a lot of businesses, you'll see it, is that when businesses change hands, going into the second generation, they normally collapse. And that's why when you look at the West, um, let's take American companies, why they go on to live so many years. And there's, by the way, there's an economic benefit to longevity and legacy businesses. When a business has been there for many years and has passed generations. Let me give a simple example. In Uganda, do you ever think about where sugar comes from? Have you ever thought about the price of sugar being too high? And I want to bring this up because I want to talk about a particular family. The Madivan family. Mm. the father started that thing which year that thing is like 200 years old if not to like 220 or 230 the Madivan group is old look at Mukwan do you think Mukwan is going to die in the next 50 years they provide essential products but it's gonna obviously the 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 the, the, the pattern of the of the of the business <coughs> is not gonna be there for for the next 50. But it's not going to collapse. So that's why I keep saying, like, if we if we really genuinely think we want to do business in a serious manner, even just ourselves, even to go to a bank. Do you know how many businesses are rejected for loans? SMEs are rejected because they lack system, systems and structures. Do you know even to get a grant, which is free money, you need to have a system and a structure. How do you, do you keep financial records? And I've said this before when we talked of cash flow. I know you want to become chairman, but let me mention this. I talked about how tax compliance, regulatory compliance, can actually help your business, your business finances, because you need an incentive to keep records. So when the tax man is like, if you don't keep records, we're going to find you a million francs. You're going to keep the records. And those records are going to help you because you know how much your business is making and how much it's not. And so that's pretty much the gist of it. Well, so should we conclude today by saying that there are levels to entrepreneurship and leadership and what styles you can apply because are we saying every entrepreneur can fund 
the structures so 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 let's let me ask you um what does the acronym sme stand for small small okay that is okay let me give it make it even worse what does msme stand for the acronym micro uh-huh that's m micro s is small uh-huh then the second m is medium medium so you have micro small and medium enterprises mm-hmm already we know that that means that there are those who are micro there are those who are small and then there are those who are medium and then also then we have the large corporations then we have the multinational corporations so that levels and so then the question asks why is it that there is someone who is micro and there is someone who is small or there is someone who is medium what is the difference i can i can put money on it its capacity mm-hmm. and the only way capacity can be increased is in within a structure it's like trying to let's talk of someone who knows who has been educated let's talk of schooling you cannot learn, you cannot develop skills as easily if you don't know how to read and write you can still learn some knowledge, your knowledge base can grow but it's not as easy if you don't know how to read and write am i lying jesse you're not lying but i want to end this broadcast here because we've used a lot of time okay. by asking you this one last question. Okay. So a barrister uh-huh. who has received some extra money uh-huh. decides to go and set up his or her own kiosk. Mm-hmm. All right? Mm-hmm. And in that kiosk mm-hmm. he is doing the work. Mm-hmm. He is serving customers, he's finding the market. Mm-hmm. He brings along two other people to help. All right? Mm-hmm. What levels of delegation and leadership do you expect from this person driving his business? In so just seconds to finish this conversation. So so first and foremost, if he's the one who is making the coffee, he's self-employed. Mm. He's not an entrepreneur. Facts. You look at me like if we don't have time to continue this I'm, homie i'm telling you he's not he's self employed because if he doesn't show up to work he makes no money the essence of entrepreneurship is something called opm and opt other people's money and other people's time that's what that's what helps you achieve scale and that's at the heart of delegation so you ask me what level of delegation is the day he can he has taught another barista how to make coffee the way he does and he can leave and he knows that actually that barista's coffee is going to be loved by the customer and appreciated in his absence he would have learned how to delegate so is there a thing as being both self-employed and entrepreneur yeah so in that context he has a second barista he's also a barista Living entrepreneurship by sort we have used up a whole lot of time short beyond our normal time but yes, uh, we have to bring this broadcast to an end if you need more of these i think we should have a continuation yeah Jesse talks a lot but you can still find us on on, on social media platforms so that's at salty africa s a l t e e africa on instagram tiktok we're not on snapchat we're on facebook for Jesse's group that's another 2 minutes because Ephraim talks a lot <laughs> God bless you see you next weekend and bye bye